Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFira. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? L.J., doing good. Uh, Seems to be a theme this week. Just so much news breaking in the MLB. L.J., me and you were talking about this prior to the show, but happy that you know we aren't really doing the game recaps anymore because if we were doing them we would not be able to get to nearly all of this news that has broke today as not only is it trade trade deadline stuff but just a lot of other team uh rumors and a lot to get to so uh lj shall we get right into it yeah let's go ahead and get started with the big not necessarily free agent but rookie draft coverage story of the day and that is talking about former presumed number one pick Kumar Rocker the 10th pick to the Mets this year and things are not going well with him and signing him as the Mets and Rocker had previously on draft day agreed to a six million dollar signing bonus however after a physical they are concerned with I believe it was a shoulder issue so Now there is some hesitancy between them. Of course, the deadline to sign these guys comes, I believe it's either Friday or Sunday this week. So if they are unable to come to an agreement at this point, 
they're either going to have to be able to sign for the same, sign for less, or he doesn't sign at all. He goes back to Vandy for one more year and tries again next year. Brandon, if you're in New York, should you really be this worried about it? Uh, actually, yes. Uh, one small correction there. It's not a shoulder. It's an, an elbow injury. Uh, we certainly know the elbow injury is not what you want to see if you're a starting pitcher. And uh, I believe this injury, what they're saying, that he didn't present an MRI prior to the draft. Usually most, most pitchers voluntarily will take an MRI. He didn't do one prior to the draft. Uh, and the Mets are concerned about it. And look, I, I don't blame them. A $6 million signing bonus was well above the slot price for the 10th overall pick, which is about $4.7 million. So the Mets overpaid to get Kumar Rocker, and it was a surprise to see him drop. Maybe that's part of the reason why he dropped. Maybe some teams were a bit more privy to information pertaining to this elbow injury. Now, teams have until 5 o'clock Eastern on Sunday to sign the picks. So, of course, there's plenty of time for an agreement to be reached. If there isn't a deal, like LJ said, he has two more years of college eligibility. He gets that extra year due to due to the COVID rules. And he could re-enter the draft next year. Uh, the Mets would get a compensation pick, which would be 11th overall, should he, uh, in next year's draft, should he not sign but um yeah lj i mean this i feel like this is a bit of a bigger issue if the mets are like kind of going public like to the media with this saying like we're concerned about his elbow and certainly uh it's not something that you want to see out of a pitcher that you just drafted that he is an elbow injury this this should not be a factor here. This is a money thing if they're that concerned because of a number of thing ish things. First off, yes, that is kind of a smoking gun that he did not give an MRI before the draft. However, this team drafted him. This team saw what he did in college. And more importantly, this is a guy who started 20 games last season. So obviously this, whatever this elbow thing going on is has yet to seriously affect him whether that affects him down the line is a different story but more and more every single year we see guys come back successfully from tommy john any of these other numbers of elbow arm surgeries that they have to have to continue to pitch look i'm telling you right now this is one of the best college prospects we have seen on the pitching market in a number of years. He has, there's a reason he's been talked about since he was 19 years old. If they were to screw this up here, this could be devastating for the franchise because he's, he should, should be fully comfortable with going back to Vanderbilt right now, especially after all the name and image likeness stuff we have going on. It's a no brainer for him. If he's not able to get this money to go back, pitch another 20 games next season, just because he can and then come back and get the exact same offer, if not more, that he was asking for. 
going into the draft. It just, it feels to me he's got the leverage here, especially for a team that would absolutely love to have him. You can't, you can't screw it up with a guy who could potentially be a generational pitching talent. This needs to be a lot less of an issue very quickly if you're the Mets. I know you're trying to get that extra little deal out of it and get a steal on this signing bonus, but stop playing around with it. It's better for you long-term. I, I can genuinely not see him having significant, significant health issues because of this elbow. Like, he may have to have surgery, yes. However, long-term, he's still going to be able to be a major league pitcher. He's still going to be able to be a high-level pitcher. Unless you're that desperate to use some of that bonus money for somebody else, then you need to go ahead and just give it to this guy because it's not worth fighting over pennies. Well, let's move on to our next topic here. And that is Tyler Anderson, uh, a currently a Phillies pitcher, or excuse me, currently a Pirates pitcher. Uh, it looked like this afternoon he was going to be getting dealt to the Phillies. We even had some media sources saying that the deal was finalized. However, talks between the Phillies and the Pirates have hit a late obstacle. Uh, and it was that... I believe so. Tyler Anderson was supposed to make a start tonight. When they found out that he was getting traded, they scratched him from his start, which makes sense. And the problem, I guess, with the trade is one of the prospects that was involved, the Phillies were sending uh, Abraham Gutierrez and Christian Hernandez, both uh, 20 and 21 years old, respect or not respectively, excuse me. 21 years old for Abraham Gutierrez. But it's surprising to me to see people say the deal was final. There's only two prospects in here. And then all of a sudden, uh, the Phillies, or I'm not even sure who it was that said no. Uh, it looks like if, if there's an issue with one of the two prospects in the deal, then it's the Pirates who are, uh, you know, not wanting to deal Tyler Anderson at this point, but clearly they want to trade him and Pirates continue this this uh, sell-off that they started uh, in the offseason heading into this year. Look, you got to trade him. You got to trade everything else on this group. It doesn't matter if it's to the Phillies or otherwise. However, for the Phillies, let's talk about this deal as if it's going to be done because I'm sure, you, again, with these prospects, it's not that they're all the dime a dozen. There's a lot of guys that teams think a lot high, more highly of than others, but there's a lot of prospects out there. They can make something work to get this deal done if you're just playing around with some of those. If this deal is done, it's a great deal for the Phillies because you've got a guy, 435 ERA this year through 100 innings, Overall, he's been a very solid pitcher, one of the brighter spots for this team so far. And you're going to be able to get him, it looks like, at least one more year of control, if not two. He's now officially within his fifth year. So if I'm reading, if I'm reading this correctly, I don't think he's going to pass for the skip out of the fifth year thing. Uh, he's a free agent after this year. Oh, he is? Okay, so oh, so it must be the start of the year. In the in the offseason, I believe 
he had like a weird thing where if you sign one of those long-term extensions when you're still under early arbitration, your arbitration just kind of like uh, cancels out if you have a guaranteed salary and then you just become a free agent at the end of that deal. He became a free agent at the end of that deal and then signed with the Pirates as a free agent last offseason. Okay, so could they put a qualifying offer on him though? I don't, I don't know what you need. How do you qualify for a qualifying offer? I guess I've never thought about that. How on earth do you qualify? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Either way, this certainly isn't a guy that's going to be asking for a huge demand on the free agent market. So this is a guy, if things work out, could stick around and be in the back end of that rotation for another couple of years in Philly. I think we can both agree on that. So really making moves towards guys that are still somewhat within their prime, but aren't going to cost them a fortune because they don't really have a fortune to give right now. So on the qualifying offer thing, basically uh, you have to be, um, of course you have to be eligible to hit free agency that off season. Uh, You must have never received a qualifying offer previously in your career so you can only receive it once in your entire career and you have had you had to spend the entire season on uh that team's roster no uh and you can't like acquire them during the middle of the season and um be able to offer them that that qualifying offer and correct me if i'm wrong but that's a rather recent thing isn't it that you have to do the end of the season because i remember it being a story when the Dodgers couldn't get one for Manny Machado. Yeah, you know, I I think so because the CBA got redone right before the 2017 season. So I think that's when it changed. Uh, but the qualifying offer has been around since I think the 2012 CBA. Anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, LJ, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Uh, he should make an impact to that Phillies rotation that they could desperately need uh, use and need here down the stretch. All right. Next up, we have another trade. This one involving the Mariners and the Astros. The Mariners, who right now are sitting, how many games above 500 are they? They're 55 and 46, and they trade Kendall Graveman to the Houston Astros, Kendall Graveman, who has been having a fantastic season out of the Mariners' bullpen this year. And this was a very surprising trade to me, especially to some of the Mariners' players who have came out and shown a lot of, uh, you know, they've, they've not been happy with this whatsoever because they're trading their closer to a division rival who is also one of the best teams in the league right now. And with how good Kendall Graveman has been, just kind of gifting your not, I don't know if it's even their, their uh, quote unquote, a biggest rival, but just a rival, your closer, especially with the circumstances with the standings right now is a joke. And Seattle, this is just a terrible move. I don't care that they're getting, um prospects back or whoever back 
it doesn't matter that they're getting who, whoever they're getting back. You don't make these kind of trades. No, you don't. And this just leaves me questioning where their priority is lying here. Like, do they care at all that they're a game out of a wild card spot right now? Do they care that they're playing the Astros tonight? Well, that's that's less of a thing. But it's just this is such an ob- clear and obvious move to play for next season or the next couple seasons. Talking about the return, Abraham Toro is a fine player. Oh, if yeah. Can, yes. If anything, he's he he's become a solid third baseman filling in there for in the place of Alex Bregman. I'm not sure when he's end up coming back, but perhaps that's a hint towards him coming back soon. It's pretty clear clear and obvious to me that Abraham Toro will end up being the replacement for Kyle Seeger. Perhaps we could even see Kyle Seeger get moved at this point. But if you're draft, if you're go- looking for that type of guy, that's fine. Like Abraham Toro is going to be a guy that can really start to peak in the next couple of years and provide value to you if you're trying to move closer to a playoff spot next year. However, if you're going to do that, why are you tearing apart one of the best parts of your bullpen? You t- you give away your closer, and I believe it was their what was the other guy their seventh inning guy? Rafael Montero. Well, they um just a DFA'd him, so it makes sense why they would trade him as well. But he had either way six late in games for them this year. Yes. Yeah, I feel like he's been a positive. Um, impact on that team this year i could be wrong he has not uh, been a positive impact on the yeah, team at all no, this, uh, um, that. yeah but yeah anyway late in games those are two guys that were pretty big in that team so that tells me that you want to go out and find the core of your bullpen completely from scratch granted granted a lot of these guys numbers in there are a lot better than i realized uh, guys like Paul Seawald, Drew Steckenrider could certainly um, carry some of that load. Even a guy like Eric Swanson could get more time. So that's exciting for those guys. But as a whole, Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whether you seek adventure, search for answers, break down barriers, or see the world for what it can be, you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit CIA.gov careers. I would have rather seen them keep him and then add, just add in free agency than try to find our cheap option for third base and sacrifice some of the bigger parts of your bullpen just to go out and pay for a bullpen next offseason. Like, it just... Oh, look, I'm fine It's with- logically inconsistent. I'm fine with trading Kendall Graveman if you're Seattle because you can always go and spend and get a somewhat decent bullpen. Kendall Graveman's a free agent after this year. 
but you don't trade him to the Astros, who's the best team in in the NL West in the same division that you play in. I mean, you you just don't go and do that. And that's why some of the Mariners players have anonymously ripped this front office. And look, they had a terrible PR blunder prior to the season starting with uh, whatever that dude's name, their their ex uh, CEO, uh, I believe his name was Kevin Mathers, who's just a loser, went out there at the Bellevue Bed and Breakfast Country Club, Beauregard Country Club, whatever it was, went on this Zoom for this Rotary Club and absolutely like destroyed the team. I mean. We've talked about it enough on here. You can go back to our Seattle Mariners Outlook episode. I think that's when it was. One of those episodes we talked oh, about. Oh, it was its own news story, I think. But still, oh, yeah. okay. But still, just – and then you have this happen. The Mariners front office, for as good as the team is playing, they just are not good on the PR front. No, they're not. They're not even good on the player relations front. I mean – this was a really bad spot to be in having the guy go out and talk so nonchalantly about practices that maybe they're not unethical, but they sure are, are anti-player that this group is. Oh yeah. He's talking all about the manipulating, manipulating service time, flat out saying that the longest tenured man on the team has no chance of returning the guy who largely has been the face of the franchise, one of the guys that this team knows the best, the fan base, that he has no chance of coming back, that is already going to sow mistrust into the front office. You fire that guy. You have an opportunity there, if you play your cards right, to bring back the trust from your players into this team. And then they go and completely rip it to shreds with moves like this that show that they don't care about being competitive right now, even if they're a game out of the playoffs. It may, it would make me sick if I was a player. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely agree. Well, all right, now we are going to get on to a bit of a Washington National segment here. A lot of news coming out from the National franchise today. First off, Steven Strasburg will be uh, out for the rest of the year. He'll be getting thoracic outlet surgery. Uh, just the that contract is going to be terrible for the Nationals now in the future, especially because he's getting paid $35 million every year through 2026, and he can barely stay healthy. And his head arm problems in the past LJ, I mean, you hate to see it when this guy's throwing a combined 26 innings in the last two seasons. You do hate to see it, but this is entirely a product, or at least not entirely, I'm sorry. Part of it's his body just not being capable of the load. However, a lot of this has been brought on by the Nationals. That's just the way I see it because – you have handled this guy with kick gloves since the day he came into the organization. And if you start doing that, 
you're never going to stop doing that. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that he did not need the surgery. He, if he needed the surgery, he needed the surgery. However, I'm speaking to a lot of the other times that he has set out, which maybe other guys wouldn't. Like, it feels to me that this might not have been the best approach that they took overall to his health. The way, the wild ways that they have been so hesitant to put him in a bad situation. And if you have to manage a guy that much, I don't care what kind of Cinderella story you were in in 2019. I don't care what kind of championship goggles you were looking through at that time. If you have to manage a guy because of his injury history or his injury proneness, as much as they did for the first eight years of his career, then I'm sorry, but you should not have been re-signing him. You shouldn't have been re-signing him to that much of a deal. That's just not common sense. They have been the ones who have completely poorly played his entire career. Why would you give someone who's going on to his age 31 season $245 million, who has shown that he has an injury history? It makes no sense. It, it, it really does. And I get that the Nationals want to spend money. And it, there would have been outrage had they not brought him back. But with seven years, like, really, that was you. That was the only way he was coming back was if he got a seven-year deal. I mean, I get that that's what Max Scherzer got, right? But you gave him $35 million more than you gave Scherzer. It's, it's, it's crazy to me. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, again, and again, I repeat because I really do think this, like, you shouldn't have handled any guy with the kid gloves that they handled him throughout his career. Overall, it makes you completely too hypersensitive to his injury situation and his rest than any person should be. No one should be focused on it as much as Max Scherzer, or not Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg was for all those years where they were doing all sorts of ridiculous things to make sure he stayed healthy. Like that's not good for a guy. That's not good for a franchise. And then to continue to self-inflict that pain on a seven year contract, just, it blows my mind. You're right. All right. Well, the next piece of national news, Trey Turner got taken out of a, the game tonight during the middle of the game. There was a lot of speculation as to whether or not he was being traded because there has been trade rumors. Uh, check out yesterday's episode when, to hear us talk more about uh, possible teams for Trey Turner. But it turns out that he tested positive for COVID-19, and uh, that's the reason why he was taken out of the game. Uh, so... Yeah, now I'd have to imagine it'd be pretty tough for them to trade Trey Turner. Are you even allowed to trade someone if they're on the COVID IL? I'm not sure about the rules. For that. I, ha I have to imagine that they don't have that stipulation on the COVID IL because the COVID IL, with very rare exceptions, like 0.5% or whatever it was that the heart thing that Eddie Rodriguez had flares up, it's a incredible minority. They're going to have serious health effects when you are of their age and their physical fitness. So I can't see a reason why he wouldn't bounce back if it might, might take him a couple of weeks, but he'll bounce back just fine. So there should be no good reason 
for them to not be allowed to trade somebody on the COVID IL, especially if it's somebody who you're technically really kind of forced to put on the IL. I mean, actually, I'm not sure if they're forced, but like if they wanted to go with a lose a roster spot to keep him off the IL, is that allowed? Yeah, I mean, they probably could, but I'm not sure he would be allowed to be at the games. And in- No, he wouldn't be allowed to be at the games, but just for the purpose of trading him. I mean, yeah, you could probably do that, but then he would just get immediately put on the COVID IL on whatever team he gets traded to. Yeah, that's okay, but the the other thing is I don't think they want to trade him that desperately. My question is, what is going wrong in Washington? Like, this is the only team that has had, like, them in Miami are the only ones who have consistently had trouble with COVID over the last two years. This is at least their third or not, if not fourth shutdown. Well, let's see. The Nats in 2020 had a COVID shutdown, right? 2021 to start the season, were they yeah. were they this shut is, down? This is, yes, this is basically going to be. While they didn't shut down, this is their second flare up of COVID this season. It is the shutdown you're thinking of. No, they didn't shut down for that. Are you are you referencing the beginning of the season? In 2020. Oh no, that's right. No, they, so Yankees to open up the year, but Juan Soto got COVID. Juan Soto and somebody else had COVID. So yeah, there's at least four times that the the that Washington has had significant foot significant COVID issues. Well, LJ, we should get on to probably the most interesting topic regarding the Nationals, and that has been the trade availability of Max Scherzer. He has said that he will waive his no-trade clause uh, if it's to the correct suitor. Uh, he said apparently the teams that are interested are the Dodgers, Giants, Padres, Red Sox, Rays, Blue Jays, Astros, and Mets. Uh, yeah, so three NL West teams, three AL East teams, and then the Astros and the Mets you throw in there. Uh, the Yankees also inquired, but they were told that Max Scherzer won't, it wouldn't be likely to waive his no trade rights for a move to the Bronx. But yeah, LJ, uh, certainly you can give your Red Sox take on it uh, in a bit, but uh, thoughts on the other teams that are interested in Scherzer first. Look, we're going to talk about this team again because they have been shockingly active we actually talked about this over text earlier today that the Rays have finally just said, screw it. We're going to spend money now and are going after a guy like Scherzer and a guy we're going to talk about later, like Chris Bryant. In addition to guys like Nelson Cruz, who do carry semi big contracts themselves. So it's certainly an impressive play that they're making to compete this year. Maybe they finally saw what they wanted to see out of this group that they're being as successful as they are back-to-back years, that it's time to really support them and make that push for a ring. However, if I'm Max Scherzer, granted he hasn't said he won't, I wouldn't necessarily want to be there. I think the most likely suitors for Scherzer are the NL West teams and the Rays because of need, opportunity, competitiveness for all of them. However, it also was reported that Scherzer would prefer a West Coast team. He wants to be out West. You add that little anecdote 
into the fact that um what do you call it? the rays granted they're willing to trade for him however are they willing to give him like a major contract extension i'm willing to bet no i think i'm is that fair to say uh yeah no it's fair to say especially if they sign blake snell to like that contract with an average annual value of like 12 million and had to ship him out of town. Yeah. I, I yeah so, although that might've been a matter of capability of play, trying to buy, trying to sell high on Snell based on what we've seen this year. Have they yeah, ever not- lost a trade? Like seriously, because they got Luis Pat- Patino in that trade. And he's like already one of their starters now. So I, I don't think they've ever lost a trade there in Tampa. The Pittsburgh one is just the most appalling and egregious thing I will ever see with Chris Archer. But anyway, my point being, he's not going to get an extension there. He's not going to get re-signed there. In my head, if I'm him, there is no reason to wait and show them anything more before getting paid. So that's why I would want to go to San Francisco, to San Diego, to LA, because those teams are going to be pretty likely if they want to bring him in for this year, they're going to be pretty likely to sign him for multiple years. You're Max Scherzer. You are the market setter. Going into this year, all of the other starting pitching on the market, their price is going to be based on you. You wait for no one. You might as well go ahead and cash in now and set the market right now. Look, uh, in regards to those teams that are interested in him, so apparently San Diego has surpassed the first uh, luxury tax threshold, but are they want to make moves to get under the tax threshold because like, they don't want to have to pay the penalty for next year. So, I mean... Them and the Dodgers are both, I mean, L.A. is way over. So if they were to get Scherzer, they would just go way, way over and just be paying more tax money. The Red Sox and Astros, if they were to trade for Scherzer, would go way over the first tax bracket. So well, didn't, um, we, didn't we do that do that math earlier and they were only like so one million over? That was just taking your payroll, not including other stuff you have to pay like the Adovino salary and some other stuff. Um, The Astros would also go over. That's not to say that those teams can't trade for Scherzer, but I would say that they're less likely to. But when you throw in the fact that the Rays are also a financially stricken team, just seems like that any kind of deal that's made for Scherzer, the financial part of it is going to be very interested, especially because... He has a no trade clause, which he's waiving, which can affect some kind of money. And a lot of his contract is deferred. So the luxury tax is based on your the average annual value of your contract. But a lot of his money, he isn't getting paid to in like until like 2029, 2020, or 2030, 2031. Uh, think of like Bobby Bonilla's contract, how he still makes money every year. They kind of did that with Max Scherzer. So one of these teams is going to be on the hook for his contract for a long time after this, uh, at least some portion of it. So 
honestly, the the Jays and the Giants, who are the two teams, that's Toronto and San Francisco, the two teams. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Uh, who could trade for him without really any financial implication, without having to go over the luxury tax. So I'm very interested to see which one of those teams makes a serious move uh, for him. Look, my last point before the break, there is plenty of incentive for everybody to make this work. First off, we said it yesterday. The Padres are a bunch of madmen. If they want this, if they think that this is going to be the difference between winning that division, between making it to the World Series and not making it to the World Series, then this this guy, this is going to happen. This guy's going to find a way. It's going to get worked out. However, at the same time, I don't think they have to worry that much about the deferred money, the salary, because there are teams here, namely the Padres, um, Perhaps even the Giants would be willing to because this is probably their best shot in the next five years at minimum to getting it. Maybe they'll be willing to part with some of their top 100 guys. The Red Sox, I know, certainly would probably be willing to give up one or, one or two of their top – or no, I'm not two. I'm sorry. One of their top guys for that deal to actually happen. Certainly you have plenty of middle infielders that you could go out and receive from Tampa. If you're able to get like a huge payout in terms of prospects for this guy, I would be more than willing to make that move and keep a lot of that money, whatever money I can, or at least send money with him, them cash considerations to cover some of that to whatever team is bringing him in. Like, if I'm able to get a huge payload, I'm not going to necessarily worry about how much money I'm keeping off the Max Scherzer contract if I am Washington. You know, you know it absolutely makes sense. Uh, one last thing prior to the break. The Padres are $2 million over the tax threshold. Uh, looks like Eric Hosmer, would that would be the deal they would make to get under the threshold. Uh, so that way they aren't a second time offender, but could change based on the CBA this off season as well. But we're going to take a break and then we will be uh, right back to talk uh, a few more things. All 
Okay, we are back and ready to talk more trade deadline potential scenarios, including another one from the Minnesota Twins, who look to be one of the bigger sell-offs in this trade deadline season, and namely their third baseman in this instance, Josh Donaldson, is drawing some looks from teams, namely the Milwaukee Brewers. Donaldson is a former MVP, three-time All-Star. He's currently got a 136 OPS plus over 81 games with Minnesota this year. The only real knock on him is that he is going to have another two years or three years of team control on a formerly four-year $92 million contract. I can't do the per year math in my head right now, but that's, it's not a small, small amount. However, Brandon, what would you think if the Brewers went out and decided to take on that contract? Uh, you know that I think that would be a good move by them. Uh, LJ, I mean, you joked about it in the offseason. It seems like they don't go out and spend money very often, but when they do, it certainly makes sense. That would make sense. I mean, they've been one of the worst hitting teams in the league this year. Why not? you know, slide him in there at third base. But uh, I hate to put a damper on this talk right now, but we just had some news break and we were just talking about this guy. LJ, Tyler Anderson has been traded to the Seattle Mariners. Oh, my Lord. My head is spinning. According to Jeff Passan, the Mariners are finalizing an agreement to acquire Tyler Anderson. So he will not be going to Philadelphia. Dave Dombrowski, what happened? What happened, Dave? This. He, that's all the news we have on it right now. But yeah, uh, LJ, based on Josh Donaldson, that talk, I mean, look, why not? especially if you're the Brewers right now and you really think you have a chance to contend, and I absolutely think so. You're, what are they, seven or eight games up in the NL Central. You have a top three uh, in your rotation that is probably the best top three in the league right now. You're a top three starting rotation. Let's find out say it. Yeah, and they probably have, I don't know, a top 10 bullpen in the league they have certainly two of the best bullpen arms in the league and other than that they have very solid arms out of there too I mean this is a really really scary team and if they can hit a little bit you can just ride those pitching performances like they have been that's all they really need just a little bit of offense this could really be you know if these three pitchers can end up doing something good in the future and let's say they get Josh Donaldson and these, these pitchers are able to at least maintain somewhat of what they've been doing this year, this could be like a 95-win team. I mean, I'm being serious. They have the potential to be that good should they get Christian Yelich turned around. They just got Lorenzo Cain back, and he's been playing good. Uh, they have names in here who are really solid players, actually. Avasayel Garcia has been solid. Colton Wong, of course, they signed this offseason. They're looking for a little more out of him offensively, but there's a lot to like about the team and why not go out and get 
Josh Donaldson, especially when we saw they were very interested in getting Justin Turner this offseason as well. So they were looking to upgrade at third base already, and they were, and they knew it was going to cost them. Yeah, it's it's a no-brainer for me, especially when you think about the premium positions of third base and shortstop and the fact that if you can lock them down with guys that are either above average or solid defensively and above average offensively, you are really made. You're, you're set pretty well. And that's what they have a chance to do here in Milwaukee for several more years. We haven't gotten a chance to talk about it a lot. However, I don't care what happens in Tampa. We're talking about trades that they may have lost, actually. I'll give, I'll give you one here. Granted, they may not have lost it, but it's certainly going to end up probably being a wash. And that is this Willie Adamas trade to Milwaukee. He did not have a good start to the year. It was clear he would end up having to be the odd man out from Tampa. But since he turned around, is having a career season, slashing 294, 388, 537 for a 147 OPS plus. That's insane numbers. Frankly, if he keeps up this pace through the second half, it would be hard to keep him off of an MVP ballot. Maybe not the first vote, but it would be hard to keep him off of an MVP ballot, ballot, especially when you line up his 56 games in Milwaukee to them straightening it out and pulling out to this division lead that they're at that is now seven games, which is a little ridiculous compared to the other divisions around them. So you already have shortstop locked up for the next four years with a great guy. And you have an opportunity to get at least three more years at 23 million a year. I did the math on Josh Donaldson. It's a no brainer to have that one too, especially if you could eventually get Yelich back and then things start to really take shape. Willie Adamas already at 3.6 war this season. Absolutely should be on an MVP ballot. Uh, yeah, I mean, how how many guys can you put on there? 20, I think, is the max. And he would, yeah, in in the National League, absolutely. I can't think I can't think of many guys I would put ahead of him right now. And granted, he hasn't played his entire season there. But I mean, 46 games is mid-May. He was traded in mid-May. So well, the only thing he, is that three players on his team you could reasonably put ahead of him, which is is it just sucks, but that's just how Wait, it is. I mean, who are you putting ahead of him? Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, easily. In an MVP race. Yeah. No. The pitchers never get enough love in the MVP voting. If you're putting up an eight-war season as a pitcher, you should not be finishing like 17th in the MVP voting. And that sadly happens all the time. Right now, Freddie Peralta and, and Willie Adamas have the same amount of war this year. Yeah, exactly. So, so if you're going to put one on the MVP ballot, you're putting another on the MVP ballot. No, I'm putting I'm putting one on the MVP ballot, but I think it's low-key slander to say that you would put Freddie Peralta over Willie Adamas. I know those numbers Fair. are similar, Fair. but you think about the impact that Adamas has had. If you go past the stats and you look at how much this team has improved and how much more and more convincingly they are winning – with Willie Adamas on the team compared to not, then he's got to be up there in consideration. But I mean, in terms of position players, I mean, you're putting Tatis in there. You're putting so maybe Soto if he has a big back half. Max Muncy. Max Muncy. Trey Turner. 
still there's like he he end up i think he might end up in a top 10 position for me lj you want to know the biggest shocker to me right now as i'm looking through the national league war leaderboard so i've been using fan graphs the whole year for war usually but now i just checked out baseball reference number four in the league for war is wade miley at 5.0 i mean check out his stats they 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 are really really good Uh, i don't know if he's a four point or excuse me a five war player right now uh but i mean he's up there you're gonna put jacob Degrom, you're gonna put max muncie but yeah there's not a lot of guys i agree lj that i would be putting over him oh probably probably both of the reds hitters uh Castellanos and, and a Jesse Winker, even though Winker's cooled off a bit. Still, though, uh, yeah, should we talk about one thing at least that happened in the games today? Yes, absolutely. So Eloy Jimenez, who got hurt during spring training trying to rob a home run that was 15 feet over his head, he made his season debut yesterday. I believe he went 0 for 4. Today, though, for the White Sox, rips a 469-foot home run. He's back. Uh, it's certainly one of the most underrated, this under-talked-about young stars in the league. He's only 24. Through his first two seasons, he's put up a 121 OPS+. plus. He, he's shown he can hit bombs. Uh, he had 14 in 2020. LJ, uh, it's really good to have him back and can't wait to see how his career turns out because he could be a very special player. I mean, he won the Silver Slugger in 2020. Absolutely. This is a good time to introduce a new segment we're going to try to do a couple times a week, if not every day, and that is rating some of the best home runs in the league from that day or stretch of days with a little twist. We're not going to use the normal one to 10 stars, any of that, one out of five. We're not going to confine ourselves to such conventions. We're instead going to get a little wild. We're going to get a little crazy, and we're going to get rather specific. Now, to give you some context of where this wonky thing kind of started, the origin, the origin of this brainchild came from a sophomore year project of Brandon's where he was supposed to be review, doing a PowerPoint review of Huckleberry Finn. He gave the book seven, I believe it was supposed to be seven out of 10 stars or eight out of 10 stars. Everybody else didn't notice because they counted from the left star to the right star. For some reason, I decided to count from the right star to the left star. And I found that there, that if you counted all the shaded and all of the colored uh, and all the non-shaded stars, you only ended up at nine. So he only gave it, gave the book six out of nine stars and had to give him a, an opportunity to point that out and give him hell about it. But yeah, I mean, this then just has developed into the fact of why not get as oddly specific and fun, funny as humanly possible. Well, LJ, I think I'm going to rate Eloy Jimenez's home run a... 5.6 out of six and a half stars. Ooh, good call. Good call. Look, we're talking about one of the 
most special young guys in baseball with a lot of potential. And he is coming back to an already loaded White Sox team that has a real chance to win it all this year. He is an absolute blessing. He is something that they didn't really even need to be good. And yet he's back. The big baby is back and he is ready for the show once again. That is why I will be giving him 12 boss babies. That is my rating. 12 well, boss babies. All right. Well, shall we talk a little Chris Bryant? And then we have one last quick topic after him. Then we'll get out of here. Yep. Chris Bryant, LJ, could be headed to maybe. Well, first, we should start with the fact that Chris Bryant said today that if he's traded, he would re-sign with the Cubs in free agency. Uh, just real quick, LJ, is there any chance that that would happen in your mind? Well, I mean, he said he would. This is going to sound evil to you, Brandon. However, just because he said that, I feel like if I'm the GM in Chicago, I kind of am required to call him to my office, make sure he's serious about that. If he's serious about that, the first thing I do is I call up the New York Yankees. It's time for a little revenge. That would be interesting. Uh, I, I'm not sure that Chris Bryant would fit very well. Make him fit. He's the next shortstop. You're going to trade Gleyber Torres back to Chicago as part of the deal. Gleyber Torres, one of your top pro- another one of your top prospects in exchange for Chris Bryant. You can move him. I don't know. You don't really have a left fielder right now. Left field. You could learn short. Geo Greg Clark. Allen and Ryan Lamar won the Yankees the game tonight. I don't want to hear anything about our outfielders. Oh, you're telling me you'd rather have Ryan Lamar over Chris Bryant? Ooh, no. Okay, I was gonna say. I was gonna say that would have been that, Greg that Allen been though. Greg best. Allen, it's it's close. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, definitely. He should be. The, he should have been the center fielder for most of this year. Let's be honest. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm mostly speaking in jest here, but how funny would that be if they were able to enact their revenge for the whole Araldus Chapman trade and back deal that they were able to work out with him? Honestly, it's a smart move. If he's happy in Chicago, if he's comfortable in Chicago and got a suitable offer, it shouldn't, the fact that they traded him shouldn't stop it. So now, LJ, I want you to talk me through what the Rays lineup would be if they traded for another infielder in Chris Bryant, because he is linked to the Rays. What would, what, so now are you trading Vidal Brujan? Are you trading, who are you, who who are you trading? Because I would say the Cubs are going to want quite a bit there. I don't know if it's worth Vidal Brujan, who's a top 20 prospect in the league, though. It, all right. It is worth it if you resign him. That's the whole question here. Now, the Rays have never acquired a former Cy Young winner or a former MVP in the entire history of their franchise. So this would be a historic move, whether they got Scherzer or if they got Chris Bryant. However, the very fact that they're talking about Chris Bryant and Max Scherzer leads me to believe that they at least have to be considering bringing these back guys back on an actual contract. Like, I, I genuinely think they might have finally just thrown in the towel on this whole, we're going to 
keep the low payroll. We're going to keep the low payroll. And they're finally saying, okay, let's, let's try to make a couple of years worth of run here with what we have. I think they may have actually broken. If they're re- able to re-sign him, yes, I absolutely give up Vidal Brujan. I give up Vidal Brujan. That opens up third base. Wendell can move to second. You can keep Lau out there. However, if you were to trade any of those guys, this becomes absolute madness. I genuinely don't understand. I mean, I guess you'd have to send Bruhan back down, which isn't something you necessarily want to do. But unless you send down Brett Phillips, right? So you could send down Brett Phillips right no. now. And that then help you. no, because well, no, because I was thinking you was play Chris Bryant in the outfield. So then where? you okay, so Tell hear me, me out. Tell you, me where. Never mind. You can't play him. You can't play anyone Get else at DH because that's where Nelson Cruz is. Cruz is. <laughs> so I can't play Austin Meadows at DH. So I was going to say, well, okay, well, actually, this could work. If you play Austin Meadows in center and you put Kevin Kiermeyer on the bench, then you can play Chris Bryant in left, Randy or Rosarena in right. But I'm not sure that you want to sit Kevin Kiermeyer all the time because he's really good on defense. And I don't know if I like Austin Meadows in center. Yeah, why the hell would you want Austin Meadows in center? Like, well, because I mean, no, no, dis- no disrespect, but he's DHing for a reason. Yes, but but he can play center field. He's played center or field. Like, in center. Fine, I'll put Randy in center. He's put like six six games in his entire career. Randy or Rosarena. Actually, I'm going to look at his outfield jump because I guarantee you that's a terrible option as well. No, I mean, I'm not trying to – shit on you here Brandon but there's just there's no good answer other than Joey Wendell becoming the full-time second baseman yeah but then so you move Brandon Lau to the outfield but where does he play left so where does Austin Meadows play you ran yourself into the same thing yeah, all right. He's no in the 10th answer. percentile in outfield jump, Randy Rosarena is. That's not the guy I want in center field. Oh, also, can we talk about how this is a roster that doesn't even have Vidal Brujan on it right now? Oh, right. When did they send him down? He got sent back down a few days ago. So their infield right now is G-Man Choi at first, Brandon Lau at second, Franco at short, Joey Wendell at third. They've been playing Brandon Lau or yeah, at second, it's just I don't know. They they have too many infielders, so they still have uh in Triple A Vidal Brujan, Mike Brasso, Mike Ford, uh Taylor Walls. Too many players. Too many. Hear me players. out. Nelson Cruz catches. So I, I was, don't know. I'm making, I'm making I this was, up as I go here, but. The weak link here is Mike Zanino. The Rays have four players in the top 100 prospects that are middle infielders because Greg Jones, who I've never even heard of, is the number 74 overall prospect, and he's a shortstop. Xavier Edwards, please don't tell me he's a shortstop. Oh, my God, he's a second baseman slash shortstop. And he's even better than that last guy, Greg Jones. Where are they going to play these guys? Because if they already have a log jam now and none of those dudes are like even on uh, guaranteed salaries, it's all arbitration. Just what are they going to do in five years when they have 
25 players for four positions. You know, look, we picked this man that's in charge of it all to be our nominee for the MLB Daily Hall of Fame from the Rays. Technically, we have two Rays on that list now. However, we never really accounted for the idea of trades. But um, either way, we respect him. I would like to think that he has some higher plane that he thinks on that we don't see yet. Let's just give him time for us to see it. Fair. Now, LJ, talk me through Chris Bryant to the Giants because that's the other team that seemed to be deep in involved. Talking you through Chris Bryant to the Giants. You know, I have not looked at their roster lately in terms of how they're lining up with injuries and such. However, I have to feel that it has to be slightly easier to do than the last one. I should say, do you, do you like the idea of Chris Bryant to the Giants? Do you think? Oh, I love. I love the idea. I love the idea of Chris Bryant to the Giants. Would you blow up your farm system if you're San Francisco. One hundred and ten percent, easy. It is actually easy for me to do without thinking because, Brandon, this is something we talked about going into the year that we weren't in love with what they had in that farm system. Like we were glad that they were trying to be competitive. Very top heavy. It's, it's not a very good system. They're not going to be able to take this current farm system, the way it is constructed and translate that into being a competitive team in the next four or five years. Like, it's not like, it's not like they have a bunch of guys waiting in the wings, just waiting for the old guys to get out. And then, two years worth of rebuild and they're ready to go. This is a team that's going to take some time after this already. So why not just gut it? If you can get one more world series before you have to go through 10 years of misery, I have to think that's worth it. Right. You know, like, I don't even think like, that we're going to go through that much misery because we've seen, you could consistently have a bar- bad farm system. But if you if you are active in free agency and you make smart moves, you can be good. The Yankees have never really had a good farm system. They just spend a lot of money. I'll tell you, the Giants got a lot of money coming off their books this year. Yeah, they're going to have to pay Kevin Gaussman. But they're probably not going to re-sign a Brandon Belt. They're probably going to re-sign a Brandon Crawford. But they got Anthony DeSclafani money coming off. They got a lot of money that's coming off here. And we know that they like to spend money too. So they're going to be active in free agency. I really don't, I have to agree with you. I don't think that try, that trading away prospects to get Brian is the worst idea because this seems like a world, I mean, it, it's crazy to say when you look at the players on this team, but this is a World Series contending team. I mean, what, right? They still have the best record mm-hmm. in the league. Close to the best, right? Uh, tied for the tied for the best record. Got it. I mean, still, it's, it's it absolutely does make sense. You would you're not going to trade away the number six overall prospect, Marco Luciano. You're also not going to trade away Joey Bart, who is a very very good catching prospect and should replace Buster Posey. But everyone else, I would say, is available. And uh, Farhan Zahadi has some big moves to make here. I, I disagree on that. No one should be off the table. Again, I say, like, we're saying that this team could be competitive. Brandon, you have to agree. 
there is not going to be another chance where they are this clear a contender. Like, this is probably their best chance in the next five to six years of being a World Series champion. You know, I don't know, because I feel like people were saying the same things prior to them going on their, their dynasty run there. I don't know. I don't know. I just, yeah, I just don't, I don't see. Can't underestimate them. Again, the other thing is, with the, the current roster they have has played so well that you can't change a lot of things with this whole group. Like, you can make a big move for somebody big, but you can't trade a lot of things. It's certainly not going to take five top 100 prospects to get Chris Bryant. So I guess my point is, I, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't matter to me which prospect I gave up as long as, like, I'm willing to sacrifice a couple of my more prized, better, better built ships if I can save the fleet and still win the World Series. As for where he slots into this team, um, I think the best spot is left field. And you just get rid of the whole platoon situation there. Because, I mean, ideally you'd have him at third, but I think, honestly, I, I still have a lot of hope. Maybe it's just me being sentimental. Maybe it's me just being an Evan Longoria fan, but he played great this year up until that sprained shoulder. I would love to think that that's going, when he comes back, that success is going to follow him. And he should, he should be the third baseman there. He certainly, if he is healthy and playing like he did for the first half of the season, then there's no reason for me how you can leave him out of this lineup. Absolutely. And when you have someone with as much of a veteran presence as he does, uh, you absolutely want him uh, in the lineup during the playoffs. That's fair to say. But we got one last piece of news here. Do we or do we want to cut that? What do we think? Um, no, I think we're fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, Trevor Bauer has had his administrative leave extended through August 6th. Uh, yeah, we believe it was on yesterday's show we brought up the fact there was a report that uh, a majority of Trevor Bauer's teammates would not want him to return to the team. Uh, the MLB has just kept extending and extending his administrative leave. I, I would say it's very much more than likely he doesn't play uh, the rest of this season uh, until the MLB finishes their investigation. If you look at the NFL's investigation of Deshaun Watson, they said they're not even going to put him uh, on the commissioner's list or anything this season because they, they're still investigating everything. And that stuff happened a long time ago. This Trevor Bauer stuff happened in May. So uh, there's, I don't think he's going to play for the rest of this year, but uh, at least the MLB has a handle on it, unlike the NFL uh, with the Watson case. So, Look, it, this is giving me so many shades of the 14 days to slow the spread situation a year ago where it's like okay you know what we're only gonna we're only gonna be stuck inside in quarantine until the end of march no it's gonna be mid-april no how about the how about the beginning of may oh next thing you know we're on we hit memorial day and we're just allowed to go outside with people 
and breathe the same air within 20 minutes with within 20 miles of people that's basically how this thing keeps going oh he'll be back he'll be back at the beginning of august oh he'll be back at the middle of september we're going to go into a two year two years of it but honestly joking aside i'm pretty pleased with how this investigation is being handled because the fact that they have kept him away the fact that they've kept him largely out of the spotlight they've been pretty closed with this lips have been pretty tight there hasn't been a lot of leaks getting out or reports getting out of what's going on with the investigation or with the or the findings of the investigation which means they are giving him the utmost respect as a human being and making sure that they have all the facts right before they go making any decisions before they go telling the public anything. This is the way these things should be handled. I'm glad to see it because I mean, what he did isn't right. Again, we don't know exactly the full details of it, but I, I, I like to know, even if it's the wrong thing, that it, things were gone about the right way so that in the case that something like this was to be fabricated, was to be taken in the wrong context, blown up out of proportion, and not real, nearly be the same issue that it was perceived to be at first, that the league did their due diligence and the league didn't let the story get out of hand before his career and his reputation were completely uncorrectable. Well, I think that's a good spot to wrap this up. Thank you for listening to the MLB Daily Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at MLB Daily Pod. Play our trivia game on our Twitter. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. And we'll be back uh, tomorrow. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.